This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kalb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, welcome back to KVMR, Gary. And, well, there's not too much doubt about what we're going to talk about, I don't think, today. Talk about the labor markets. And it seems like um, everyone is talking about them. And they were expecting a huge increase in payroll jobs in April after nearly a million jobs were added in March. Um, What happened? (laughs) Paul, how about starting with an easy question? (laughs) Well, you know, after a few weeks of mostly very good news on the U.S. economy's continued recovery from the COVID-2020 recession, uh, you know, we had strong first quarter GDP growth. Um, you know, other indicators were good. You know, and those, those were all things we needed to get out of the COVID recession's deep hole. You know, there was this disappointing jobs number in April. Payroll jobs only went up by 266,000 workers. You know, that's above average, but it's certainly not a million. Well, where do uh, monthly uh, payroll job numbers come from? And that's a really a big question, I think. And, and what do these job numbers tell us about the health of the labor markets and the economy? Well, Paul, the payroll numbers are published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, or BLS. Um, payroll jobs give us a really sound measure of labor market conditions. You know, we're adding jobs, losing jobs. And so the establishment survey that's used to generate the monthly payroll job numbers is also huge. It you know actually counts about 30% of all the payroll jobs in the U.S. every month and then is used to estimate the, the rest based on a survey of about 700,000 work sites. So, um, you know, and in April, that survey estimated there were roughly 144.3 million payroll jobs nationally. Uh, now, it's important that that is still down 8.2 million from the 152.5 million peak in payroll jobs the month before COVID hit. So so how much weight do you place on each month on the data? That's really a pretty basic question. Uh, do they jump around a lot from month to month or are they pretty pretty consistent? Well, Paul, they're estimates and they do jump around. Um, you know, they are revised and benchmarked regularly to increase their accuracy. Still, we shouldn't put too much emphasis, I think, on any one monthly number uh, because there is a lot of variation or noise in these data from month to month and, you know, even more in the wild post-COVID labor market. So we could look at one measure of the monthly jobs numbers that would be, a you know, something called the statistical measure called the standard deviation. Over the past 25 years, that was about 200,000 jobs a month in movement um, in this series. And you compare that to the average month through monthly increase over that you know, 25-year period, that was only 120,000 jobs monthly increase. So uh, you know, there is a lot of variance. So let's, let's take a look at the trends, um, <laughs> not just any preliminary one-month figure. Well, were the forecasters too optimistic? There's a question for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's right. Um, You know, it seems like they've been too optimistic, probably because the preliminary March numbers uh, were so high. Um, You had the vaccination numbers rising uh, dramatically, you know, fewer restrictions. um, And, you know, you can continue monetary policy. support and government relief support that, you know, then you've got the fast GDP numbers, you know, all of those seemed reasonable for, um, you know, adding in, you know, something like a a strong April job number. 
So exactly, um, you know, what went wrong with these forecasts? <laughs> well, let's wait for some more data and see what, you know, what's going to happen there. Uh, maybe the preliminary March number was too high. After all, it was revised down by over 200,000 jobs in, in, when the April numbers came out. Or maybe it's the April numbers are too low and will get revised up in May. Um, or, you know, what we worry about is the April number uh, start of a new weaker job growth trend. Um, we probably want to see several months more worth of jobs to get a, a clearer picture of what's what's going on back there um you know an, an 800 or excuse me a, a million jobs added that is larger than any increase in in jobs before covid over the prior 25 years before covid so you know we're talking about a, a you know huge increase there um the uh we we also probably want to look at you know an average monthly job growth number for example uh so we could look at the first four months of the year, and even with the lower April increase in there, monthly jobs uh, averaged a 450,000 increase over the month, uh, the four months. Um, so you know we added you know over 1.8 million jobs from January through April. Um, you know that 450,000 increase in jobs a month average is lower than the 640,000 a month average that we saw in the last three months of 2020. But you know again, 450 is still a relatively strong <laughs> average growth over a, a period of several months. Okay, now at that pace of adding jobs, how long uh, will it be until we get back to pre-COVID? job numbers <laughs> well we're still about 8.2 million uh, jobs below the february 2020 peak um and so it would take about a year and a half to add back roughly 8 million jobs at 450,000 uh new jobs a month so you know it, it takes it would take a while to get back to that 152.5 million job peak that we saw before covid Okay, now as a reaction to this, three Republican governors um, are ending the $300 a week relief supplement for unemployed workers. Uh, they say it's keeping workers from taking jobs. Uh, what's your view on that? Okay, well, that's a loaded question. Um, well, I think there are some really important factors going on here that, uh, in addition to that, that possibility. Uh, for example, some workers may have COVID. Um, many kids aren't back in school. Daycare is still a challenge for many parents. So, so many workers may find it difficult to return even now, even with you know government support in place. And you know, you know, some sectors were also hit by supply shortages and. Uh, in April, that probably slowed job growth in April as well. So, number of things are you know going on, not just that. Uh, one more question, Gary: Is there strong economic evidence indicating that support for the unemployed is causing weakness in the labor market? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Paul, there is a considerable amount of economic analysis, at least preliminary, has been done. And it doesn't support the assertion that the continued relief support for the unemployed is causing or seriously slowing the labor market recovery. Uh, first, some of the, you know, in, in the April numbers, for example, some of the fastest job growth in April was in low paying industries where the unemployed workers would have been getting the $300 a month uh, supplement, you know, before they took the jobs. Um, you know, you, there are a number of recent studies that looked at last year's with the $600 a week unemployment supplement. And, you know, the findings there were 
pretty unanimous that there was little or no impact of late of of that six hundred dollars on workers' decisions. You know, and, and it may be in large part because you know the income from a job is is much more stable. It's not just temporary unemployment that's going to go away. In this case, in in September. And finally, there's an April Census Bureau survey where the unemployed indicated why they weren't working. And a, a, you know, this one I think is really telling. You know, more than 4.2 million people said they weren't working because they're concerned about getting or spreading the virus. Nearly two and a half million said they had coronavirus symptoms or were caring for somebody who did. You know, so these are huge numbers. And another 6.8 million said they were caring for children who were not in school or daycare. So there are pretty important other reasons going on here. Um, you know, we still have an economy with major economic disruptions, especially in the labor markets. Uh, we still have more than 8 million uh, more unemployed than we did at the, the peak of the economy. Um, and it you know, looks like we still need that unemployment <laughs> insurance support for many of them. And remember also that the added spending um, that they are getting, um, that helps with the overall to boost the overall spending in the economy sort of at the macro level and helps you know, bring push the recovery there as well. So you know, it's working both ways. So in other words, people are spending the money that's given to them. Yes. yes. That's the idea of and, stimulus. And <laughs> that's, thank you, Paul. That's the idea of getting, yeah, getting the spending, keeping the spending going, keeping the economy going and growing again. Thank you, Gary. I look forward to our next chat. Uh, and we'll just keep an eye on these numbers. I guess there'll be other numbers that'll come out for um, for the, the next month. Yes. Yeah. We'll want to do that. Thank you. You're welcome, Paul. Thank you. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.